you're probably losing something in the process as far as the concept. Mm -hmm. And so it's going back and forth between you and the person that wants the design. And they don't really know what they want, but they'll, quote, know it when they see it, which really sucks. Oh, my gosh. Because no, they won't. That sounds like a nightmare. It is a nightmare. It's always a nightmare. And then it's like... Clients from hell. (laughs) It's just just phrases from hell. It's like, can you make the logo bigger? Phrases from hell. That should be like a series you do (laughs) of graphic designs. Um, Phrases from hell. And then it's just like really pretty. It looks beautiful. Like, oh, that would be amazing. Ideas. (laughs) Ideas. Welcome to Design Speaks. This lovely podcast is brought to you by a graphic design geek and a regular human being, aka a non-designer. We're here to chat about music, pop culture, cool places, and basically whatever we feel is relevant. Hey guys, I'm Brandy C. And I'm Michelle. And you're listening to episode 71 of Design Speaks. On today's episode, we will be talking about the benefits of having a team leader. Ooh. It's going to be a good one. I like that. I'm excited. I could talk all day about this topic. And I'm excited to do a lot of listening. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. You're going to have some good stuff to say. I, I think, you know, I think I'll have something to, to, to Im- add. add to it. But I've never actually considered myself a leader. But I think that just be my point of view of myself. So maybe maybe things will change. But we also need the, the point of view from someone who needs a leader. It's true. So. I definitely need that. <laughs> wow. I'm, I've never... There there are things that I don't resonate with a whole lot, but that's not one of them. <laughs> you know you need a leader. I need a leader. <laughs> I need those people who are self-motivated. Pff, not me. I don't... I. They're like another kind that's of human. That's why we're a great team. Yeah, exactly. It just We just started this as a team because I like you. And then it turns out there's so many reasons why this works out so well. I'm like, we just have chemistry. But that actually, there's reasons. So yeah. That's yay. <laughs> because reasons. <laughs> because reasons. <laughs> uh, my so, week. Yeah, you go first. What's, my, your, what's your week been like? Well, it's been busy. I want to say it's been a busy like two weeks. Um, Let's just establish we're always busy. Yeah, we are always, but always, what are always you busy. busy. At? <laughs> um, this is, I guess I'm busy outside of my norm- normal routine, so it feels mm. even more busy. Different busy. Different busy. Um, I drove a friend to, a really good friend to Nashville. I moved her across the country. We're in Albuquerque, so Nashville is 18 hours away. Um, That's a long drive. In a U-Haul, it's 20 hours. Uh, and we are pulling her car, so oh my we are getting 12 miles to the gallon. It was awesome. Um, oh, no, I, wait, that's not good. No, <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> But it was a good friend, so we had good conversations, and I got to we got some good conversation and quality time in before I had to leave her on the other side of the country. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I got to see um, I got to see a really a few really good uh, musicians play out in Nashville, which is just like every corner. It's like, like Starbucks just out there. Walk, just walk yeah. somewhere, and there's some new performer. Playing. Yeah, um, I got to see one. This girl goes on stage, and she's in a cute little dress and got a guitar on and of course she's incredible she's a country singer and I'm like this girl's really really good who is this and um, a friend I was with was like oh let me look up this person and so he looked her up and he was like oh that's some girl named Emily Hackett and I was like I know that name why do I know that name I was like is she like a Christian artist or like what is she and I'm like oh wait a second she is the reason I was in Nashville last time because what? I sang one of her songs for a wedding last time I was in Nashville. Oh my goodness. What and a so weird connection. It was weird. And she was like the first person on stage. Like <laughs> people were like, yeah, you're really good. Hooray. Um, but afterwards I went downstairs and I was like, Emily, you were so great. I had to sing one of your songs for a wedding. Didn't sound like that. And she was <laughs> like, oh, you sang this song. I was like, oh, I sang the song. Is it like a wedding song? It's a wedding song. Why? I think it's called like the wedding song. Oh. <laughs> And, that's amazing that's so much fun but it was so it was really cool i got to see after that a guy perform his name is greg holden um he wrote the song home he's a songwriter home by philip phillips mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we got to see Great song. We, we got to hear his version of the song Ooh. and i don't know there's something about the songwriter actually singing their song that's just, just a like, little bit more whoa. something like whoa so nashville was fun um otherwise Lots of work. I, I hit the ground running when I got back to work. It was like, oh, we have so much to do because Christmas you is on the way. You were gone a long time. I was gone for, from work, I was gone for three days, which is like, I might as well have been gone for an entire year. Um, but you were, overall, you were gone, what, like five days? Five days, yeah. Yeah. So um, got back home and just kept going. And now my body is like 
okay, chill. But I <laughs> I'm don't have give time. You a cold. I don't. Yeah, I don't have time. So my my voice is also like an octave lower than it normally is. It's not your speakers. She's just a little sick. I'm just a little sick. <laughs> but otherwise, um, that's it. I guess I that's that's a lot. So that is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> It's just been crazy busy, and next week is Thanksgiving, and we're doing something really, really last minute on our part, and we are recording, editing, and putting the podcast out two days. The same so day. If yeah, because Thursday came real fast this week, guys. Yeah, if, you're, if you're listening day of, hey, what's up? We're here, too. This is how we are today. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, hey, that's That never it. happens. But no. uh, sidebar, um, we added a new member to our podcast team. Yes, we did. Um, you know her if you've been listening uh her name is joelle she's going to be our uh she's going to be like a producer of sorts she's going to be doing our p- show notes and transcribing all of our episodes hooray joelle i need to add like an applause there yeah like, we're so like, excited there, to have her on there's board there's no words that can express like our excitement because really? as you know we have a lot to do and just getting show notes out for either of us is like that's like take. That's like going the extra mile it's for so us. So much work and yeah. extra like seven miles. For so us. this is, and now that means we're like we're growing as a, we like have a team. Oh, like, it's like I don't think I. I hope that Joelle listens to this and knows that we are being so honest when we say that that is a she's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, just like so I feel excited. so relieved, <laughs> so excited about it. Um, so there's gonna be there's gonna be some new cool things happening just because that's happening. Honestly, mm-hmm. like there's gonna be a nice waterfall effect mm-hmm. to that and this podcast and the content that we put out. Um, and uh, some new things coming in the new year that we're talking behind the scenes about. Yep. So excited for you guys to stick with us. Yeah. How about your week? Wait. What about your song? Well, are okay. you gonna just wait? I was gonna till wait. I talk about my part. Yeah. Okay. Then we'll just wait. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is how it works when we don't plan things very well. Just go. This is us, guys. You know it by now. Um, Okay. So my week um, has been different, busy as well. Um, There's just been a lot going on. Trying. I've been trying to help my daughter prepare for her spelling bee that she qualified for. Yeah. Um, So that's fun. Um, Let's see. I've been working really hard on a design, and I'll talk about that in a minute, Um, finishing that up. I had an AIGA community meeting, um, which is basically a fun opportunity for um, the board. Yeah, we went to Little Bear Coffee. Shout out. Um, P.S. I didn't realize it was so busy at night. It Mm -hmm. was like we had to like shove our way into like this corner and like slowly push like the one poor lady out that was still like deciding she wanted to stay. That was that would have been me like. (laughs) On Monday, because I was at Little Bear. Little Bear Coffee is a local coffee shop in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And it has done my favorite thing ever and decided to stay open later. We Our coffee shops close. They all close at like noon. At like noon, between noon and like five, honestly. Mm-hmm. If so you're lucky. Yeah. Little Bear has pushed the limits and they are now closing at nine. And they're and like the only one. <laughs> they're it. The, them and, and satellite. Satellite sometimes. Yeah, satellite yeah. too. But um. So that's been my go-to recently. I'm like, I got to get some work done. It's that season. And I just head over to Little Bear. Mm-hmm. I get myself something either decaf or... <laughs> right. or I, get... I forgot and definitely didn't Whoops. get decaf. That, that was a mistake. Like, hello, midnight. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so you went there for an AIG. Yeah, so we went there. So basically the community meeting, we've been starting... We've been trying to do these um, every like quarter or every other quarter to basically give the community a chance to have a say in what sort of events um, or gatherings like we do as a group um, to kind of like put our feelers out there, say like, hey, are you guys enjoying the stuff we're doing? What are we doing right? What do you wish we were doing more of? All that kind of stuff. Um, So it was good. Um, It was mostly board members, but there was like four or five non-board members. Um, So honestly, like those four or five people get a lot of say, you know, (laughs) because they were there. There's a lot more members for AIGA, but not everyone can come. So it was really it was really nice. And there was uh, like three non-members. So brand brand new people. And it was exciting just to hear um, someone just moved here from California um, and, you know, just wanted to be involved in a community. That's so awesome. Just trying to grow that a little bit more. Um, saw the Nutcracker movie with my kids. Oh, how was it? It was really good, actually. I have a secret, now not so secret, um, fear of Nutcrackers. No. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. I knew that. They really freak me out. But you know what? Last year, I was like walking down, it was around this time of year, walking down the aisle, and I saw Nutcrackers, and I had this thing in my head. 
I cannot remember if Brandy said she likes nutcrackers or doesn't <laughs> like them. And so I stayed away from them. Thank you. And I'm I glad hate, I made I hate the right them. Decision. I like tin soldiers. Tin soldiers. I love that, tin soldiers, like but the, you can never find them. Not drummer boys, just tin soldiers. The ones that just stand there. They're just... Oh, okay. They're just like... Tin soldiers. Like the guys in front of the Buckingham Palace. They yeah. just stand there. With the, the hat? Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, okay. Um. So I... We'll just we'll just digress for five seconds. I realized the reason I'm terrified of them is because the Nutcracker Ballet came to my elementary school when I was in like first grade, which means I was what like six, mm-hmm. and performed like we all sat on the floor and they performed right in front of us, like not on a stage, just like on the gym yeah. floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I was just terrified of this giant Nutcracker thing. Man, and I loved it. I wasn't as close as you probably. I was, I was probably terrified. like twenty feet back, and I remember. The ballet, the the ballerina coming out to do, she did Sugar Plum Fairy and she came out and she did her thing. And then afterwards she interviewed with us and like we asked, do you get dizzy? <laughs> and she taught us how to spot. Aww. And so it was really cool. So I loved it. We had different I like, experiences. I still like the Nutcracker Ballet. <laughs> uh-huh. I just don't like the Nutcrackers. The Nutcrackers. <laughs> and they're everywhere. We went to Hobby Lobby last night and I just like, I literally like have to Ugh. avert my eyes like it's. Like, it's what people feel about clowns that I just don't get. I get it. I get it because I can't go to Roswell because I have an aliens. irrational fear of aliens. Yeah, it's so, so stupid. Yeah. So anyways, but I was a little scared of the Nutcracker movie because I didn't know what to expect. But there was not one Nutcracker to be seen. Hooray. Good job. Yeah, good they, job, they Nutcracker do, movie. They, like, re, they reimagined it. So there was no actual Nutcrackers, which made me really heavy. That's good. Um, uh, sad music. Uh-oh. Stan Lee died oh. this week. Bummer. I he lived a good long life. He though. was ninety five years old, and I I kind of posted a little bit about this on my Instagram. But he I don't I didn't know up until I was like in my mid twenties like that there are other girls like me who read comic books mm-hmm. because growing up I was the only one that mm-hmm. I knew that read comic books, and as a teenager I got really into them and. Um, Always more Marvel than DC. I was into Superman, but more so the X-Men were, like, my absolute favorite, like, dig in yeah. kind of comic. Mm-hmm. And he obviously created them. And so it was – I love his work ethic, um, his creativity. Like, he was 95 and, like, still doing stuff. Still making cameos. He's still got another one to I make. I know. And so. I feel like that was always such just, like, a his drive yeah. was always really inspiring to me. So, R.I.P. Uh, Stanley. So, yeah. So that was that. That um, is sad. Lastly, but definitely not least, I know I've been talking about this for a while. I've been working on Kelly's artwork for my his husband. new single. Yes. And I am just going to preface this with saying it is my absolute favorite thus far from of your work that Kelly has done. For Kelly, sorry. Yeah, for, for Kelly. For Kelly. Aw, thank you. And I say thus far because there will probably be more. Uh, <laughs> so. There will be more. Yeah. So I have an ongoing contract with Kelly to do all of his singles until his full length album comes out. So um so I just wanted to talk just like a, a really brief bit about like how I got to the design. So if you guys I've been talking about it a lot on my Instagram. So if you don't already follow me um at Brandy C on Instagram, um you should go check it out. I posted like all of my process, which I've I've become more comfortable doing in the last like year or so. I used I used to kind of like not want to show people my process because I don't like I don't really feel like my sketches are that good and stuff, but I feel like sharing what it actually looks like to get from the point of just talking to, say, Kelly, to the point of this design being really finished is something that not hardly any designers show. And because I am so into this process thing, I think it's important to show it. So um, the out of the mind, the word mind map thing that I did for Kelly um, that I started with his words um, that he kind of gave me on the the brief, the design project brief that I gave him, um, started this mind map, got the colors, got the visuals, got words for concepting. The concept I ended up with was warm, warm, reflective snapshot. Mm -hmm. Um, and so in my research, um, came up with the, the graphic elements like, um, mirrors and driving and road trip, um, trees and a journey and like all these things that kind of play mm-hmm. into it and those those kind of help you search for images so those words become like the basis of image searches mm-hmm. finding the images i wanted um making put that sure. in the search bar mm-hmm. yeah like literally you just put those kind of things in the search bar mm-hmm. um and then the colors the colors that came out of the the word map were greens golds oranges um fall hues but um early fall so still 
some some green feeling mm-hmm. but kind of faint green thoughts mm-hmm. um then i you know i went into a little bit of like the symbolism i researched symbolism of mirrors um you know the reflective quality the um like internal um like how you look at yourself inside like examining yourself is another symbol of a mirror mm. which is part of what this song kind of conveys yeah like writing a letter to somebody like telling them how you feel the song is called this feeling um winter and fall and time and a journey and all these things um i really i really dig deep even though this was like quote unquote just a single like it still has just as much presence as a full album so it's it's just as it important does. yeah and if you look at other artists on Spotify, I've noticed that they all have cover art for their singles. Mm-hmm. So it's a big deal. And it really, I, I felt like this song was missing something, but I didn't know what. Obviously, it was this. Aww. Like, it feels rounded out. It, feel, it feels like, okay, this is good. It can go out now. That makes me feel so good because I know you didn't want to say this because it's you, but you are on this album. Yes. You sing background vocals and it's beautiful. <laughs> I I listened to this. So it's not a full album. So I didn't have a full album to listen to. I listened to this song just on repeat, like the entire time I was sketching mm-hmm. and doing word, not word mapping because he's got words and that distra- distracts me. But once I was like sketching and doing my research and doing all the stuff, like just listening to this song over and over and over and over again. So you know it. So I know it very well. <laughs> and um, I think that that's just a sidebar hint if you guys are ever designing for musicians like if you feel it in you it will come out mm-hmm. i like that <laughs> if you feel it in you it will come out like you gotta you gotta resonate with it yeah so the fact that you you and kelly both felt like this actually feels right it's not like oh that's cool artwork it feels right yeah that it like feels this like feeling this song is oh <laughs> wait thanks Kristen. <laughs> So, yeah, so I was I was saving all that explanation up um, in the new year. I would like to do a series mm-hmm. of podcast episodes on the process. We've talked about this before. Yep. Um, so um, if I don't have another client to go through, I would love to go through this particular project or maybe even Kelly's first EP um, that I did because it was equally a lot of work and um, – to I kind of go through every step in the process, really explain how mind map works, all the stuff. I love that. I think that that needs to happen. Um, I'm really excited that you got to share a little bit of this. I didn't. I mean, why didn't I like think about the mirror being reflective? And I was like, it gives me a feeling of nostalgia, and I don't know why. Because there's a mirror. Because <laughs> there's symbology behind yeah. it. Yeah. And the book that I use to look up my like symbolism and stuff is from the Getty, and it's symbolism um, in art. It's all the stuff I get is from, like, looking at classic artwork. It's from the Getty Museum in, in California, and it's, like, my favorite thing. You can look up all sorts of symbols because there was so much symbology graphically built into all these old paintings. Like, if there's a unicorn, it's it's something. If there's, like, a mirror, you know, all this stuff is, like, actually a thing that we inter- we don't realize is there. Yeah. I love it. I love it so so much. So yes, that was that's a long first half of the podcast. That's okay. Not, <laughs> not really. I mean, I feel like it's all very educational. Good. So. Good. It's, it's worth like, it. It's like a double learning episode. Hey, the more you know. <laughs> Perfect. And so now we're gonna listen to some of the song because that's the song that we both brought. Did you really mean what you said in the parking? 
this I go I got this feeling in my bones so both of us absolutely brought that song. Yes. It's so good. It's it's honestly um, my favorite song that he has written and recorded thus far within his music career. It's the mo- it's the most um earwormy for me. For sure. It yeah. is. When he started singing it like the first time I was like that's really good. Yeah, but in a good way. Not that's, a bad earworm. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh, this song is in my head again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so there's a lot of fun little things. I was there for a lot of the recording process. Um, he actually he actually recorded those drums at work. <laughs> so that's filmed at Sagebrush, or that's recorded at Sagebrush. And um, you recorded your vocals in your living room. I recorded my vocals in my living room. And the guy, so Caleb Wiseman is the guy who did all, a lot of the production and recording. Um He's amazing. He's such a fun, fun little, fun little, fun tall dude. He's actually like... Fun guy. He's like 6'5". Um, so him walking into our house, because Kelly and I are kind of short, like, hey, Kayla, <laughs> sorry. You're duck in that doorway. Yeah, don't hit your head on that. Um, but he is such a cool guy and um, poured his heart and soul into this. It was so much fun. He walked into our house on the day of recording um, just my vocals and... He was. He had his laptop, and he walked in, and was like, "Oh shoot, I don't have a microphone." And I was like, "Okay, hello iPhone." So we recorded it all on an iPhone, and it sounds fantastic. And it's so much fun. I feel like it really goes with the actual it, feel yeah, of the song. Um, and he did. He did so many cool things on this. Um, we had a lot of friends help out. So I know Ke- Kelly's friend, um, another Caleb, did drums. Um, our friend Isaiah Nixon. Did, did lead guitar gosh who else there's so many people i think josh richards was on bass and so there's just a lot of friends coming together to To make it happen to make it happen and then you did your 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 thing (laughs) on this it's we sent it off to um cauliflower audio cauliflower studios cauliflower studios they're out of gosh i want to say ohio sure it was either ohio or oregon I think it's Ohio um, to master the track. And so it's just like a lot of like it's a team that goes into this. And we had tons of fun. Caleb is also on the track. You can if you listen closely, you can hear his ooze. Um, (laughs) So it's just a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun recording it and it was a process. I'm Kelly was a part of the entire thing. I was thankful that I got to be a part of it and then duck out. Yeah, and you didn't want to be a part of the whole thing. No, I feel like that'd be too stressful. It's too many decisions to make. Yeah, I don't have. Cooks. Yeah, I don't have the ear for a lot of the stuff that he's doing. Um, I can tell him like, okay, that vocal needs to be recorded, re-recorded because of this, mm. and it's up to him to listen to me or not. It's up. It's his song. So yeah, it's his baby. Yeah, but that's. All I can really lend to it is like vocals. I'm like, I don't know, the guitar sounds real cool. <laughs> um, but he'll be like, I actually wanted it to be like this, and I'm like, I don't know what that means. So <laughs> okay, whatever you say, honey. Cool. Yeah, go on. <laughs> I love it. It came together really well. I think I'm really excited about it, and I, I liked looking at all of the, all three of the designs I've done on his Spotify page. They flow. They all feel right, which mm-hmm. is the goal. That's part of. That's like a secondary challenge to making sure that. Like the concept of each one works is that overall that it it goes with his brand. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. So go look at if you just go look at them side by side on Spotify or iTunes. I think it's on iTunes by now. I'm not 100 percent on that. But it, if it's not, it might be soon. Um, but they just look so great sitting next to each other. Yay. <sighs> it's like such a it's such a relief. Like it's not that it's a burden to have art that I love to do, but it's, it's just like this weird release of like, it's done. There it goes. It's, it's like done. a child. Yeah. You gotta right. let him go. <laughs> gotta let him go sometime. There we go. Can't do anything else. I love it. Yeah. So yeah, that concludes our first part of I this know, part podcast. One. Part one. Now on to part two, if you're still with us, which <laughs> thanks for I listening. Hope you are. I know. <laughs> um, the question, what we had said we were going to be talking about on this podcast is the benefits of having a team leader. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit, the benefits of having a team leader within your workspace and how it works in a design house versus uh, an agency. Okay. So let's go with the benefits of having a team leader to begin with. Um, okay. So give me a little bit of background. Like, what do you mean by team leader? 
Um, someone who. So sorry. you obviously work in an, in a like an in-house creative. Yes, team. yes. I have. I work in an in-house creative team. I have this time as well as before. So um, the concept of working on your own is a little bit scary to me. Um, but somebody to. Sorry, this is going to be team leader. Someone who leads a team. Okay. Um, whether it be. Let Let's go specific. Graphic designer. Okay. Um. So people who. Like have a design team. A design team. They okay. have, they have a head of the team. Creative team. It's their direct report almost. Okay. Um. So. In my experience, um, just I I will just go like really general and say, in life, like teams need leaders. Um, and I feel like maybe it goes without saying, but you got to say like. I really do believe that all teams need leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, countries have presidents. Um, you know, banks have managers. So why wouldn't a creative team need, like, a a leader? Um, and I guess I will say that there's, um, there's a few different models that creative teams can have. You know, um, at an agency, there's um, the the people that they're like the accounts people, they work directly with the client and then they bring those client requests to you or to the art director or creative director and then those people take it to the designers, the production artists, all the other people under them. Mm -hmm. And so like at an agency, it's very formal. Like the titles are pretty like, it's like creative director, art director, um, senior designer, junior designers, production artists, like there's all these different in turn, like there's all these different Levels. layers mm-hmm. um, that are like pretty well defined and you like know your job. Mm-hmm. It's a lot muddier at an in-house. Um, I've never actually worked at an agency, but I know lots and lots of people that that either are creative directors or art directors or designers at agencies. So I know how they work. Um, I was an art director and creative director at um at calvary where i worked before um so i ended up we talked about this like um i don't remember if it was here or somewhere else like we talked about how we make up our own titles was that here yeah that was here so, probably like four weeks yeah ago. so we make up our own titles so i basically decided that at, at calvary i was just going to call myself the design director because i was both i started out doing like it was art director but then it was like okay but i do more than that I'm an art and creative director. That looked real weird on a card. So I was like, okay, what encompasses all of this? The design director. I'm in charge of all of the design. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, just just to like clear the air on what, what these jobs are. So like a creative director classically brings like the ideas, the concepts, and the strategy behind everything, um, which is why at this point in my career, in my career, I call myself an independent creative director mm-hmm. because, yes, I can do designs. Yes, I can execute designs. But where I believe that I want to be, like, I want people to hire me to go help, like, concept and process and strategize with That's their your team. strength. That's, that's what I love to do. Mm-hmm. But I am also really good at art directing. So an art director actually helps with the actual execution of the design Mm -hmm. so if we had a client or we're an in-house say we're an in-house and the boss comes to me and comes to the team and says like i need i need a poster for this event um the creative director would go okay here's here's some ideas here's the direction we need to be taking hand it off to the art director Mm -hmm. who will go, okay, guys, what fonts are we going to use? What layout are we going to use? Let's make that happen. Then when those designs come back, let's critique and make sure everything is laid out right, make sure the message is on. So does that make sense as far as like the difference? Yes. Okay. It really does. So for an in-house, I think that that the term like art and creative director or design director is like in my opinion, the best solution for an in-house team because usually, one, usually in-house design teams don't have a budget to hire, like, both of those people. Mm -hmm. And usually creative directors can be art directors and vice versa. 
But um, I know I have a good friend of mine who used to be the creative director of Esparza Advertising, and he's not a designer. Mm. He started out as a copywriter, so he's like the idea guy. Got it. Um, so he can look at a design and know what's working and what's not, but he can't actually get on the computer and do that himself. Okay. And not all of them are like that, but right. sometimes that's the case. Mm-hmm. Well, and also you'd have to you have to think that just because you can also be a creative designer, you shouldn't you shouldn't take on creative director. Um, you shouldn't take on both because that's double the workload. Well, and you can. And so what kind of hap- tends to happen is as you grow a team of people, um, if you want to be one or the other, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get really comfortable with delegating a little bit more mm-hmm. because. Like when I was directing, I only really created um, as my team grew. My my main creations were like um, a ma- a couple of magazines and like the stuff for the main boss. Mm-hmm. So like his books, yeah. his things. And then as as you kind of figure out everybody's strengths, and I'll go that go into that in a minute. You figure out like who does what best, and then that leaves the art director free to do what they're supposed to do. So mm-hmm. um, I have I have like a few, more than a few ideas. I could talk about this forever because I'm really passionate about, not just because I am a leader, but I really feel like creatives, um, because, of, because of how much confidence we lack sometimes in our own abilities, we need to be led. Yes. Like if, if there isn't, um, if there isn't a strong leader in place, designers will seek out opinions regardless it's mm-hmm. going to be like okay well i have this thing who around here can i ask if this looks good because i don't have a creative leader a creative design leader to go to with this thing and so it kind of becomes then like a weird mishmash of just someone's opinions yeah and your knowledge and then it's like okay but people's opinions are are part of this mix but are you asking the right people? Do they know design? Do they know your target? Do they know your message? And I feel like that's just set up. It's setting you up to fail and feeling like that you did something right. Or wrong. Or wrong. When it wasn't. Like, well, you're just not 100% like, um, I'm not, you're not confident in the product that you released. Right. So, so let's, let's, let's take, for example, like, um, a, a team. Um, so my my team that I grew was not there. So I basically grew the team. Mm-hmm. I didn't come into a team that didn't have a leader. But there are a lot. I know of a lot of of in house agencies that just have like a bunch of designers, mm-hmm. and they all just kind of work together. Um, there's tons of tech companies who do that. Um, um, lots of churches. Lots of just random businesses that just have. Okay, well here's my web designer. I have a graphic designer. I maybe have a social media person and, um, you know, we all just kind of do our own thing Mm -hmm. and kind of talk to each other sometimes. But the main boss is like the boss. Yeah, he's he is the creative person. person, But if you once you hit a level of a certain number of team members and then there's there's like all these layers. One of the major reasons why I would advocate for like having a creative or an art director would be like to be a representative for the team. Mm-hmm. And that sounds that sounds like pretty minimal, but ultimately it's like the art and creative director on a t- on a team is hugely important because they can make sure that the messages from we'll just say on high, whoever on high is, yeah. um that that gets funneled down correctly. correctly. Mm-hmm. Then going the other way that the the questions or the messages or the ideas coming from the team get communicated to on high correctly. Mm-hmm. And they they can be that like representative, that mediator, that like um, communicator that actually knows, like knows what they're talking about, not just like, okay, well, um, maybe maybe in some some work environments there's uh maybe like an ad person. So maybe they have like an advertising section and they have designers. But the advertising person isn't necessarily directing these guys. They're right, just taking right. what they give that person and then presenting it to the client. That makes sense. So that ad person is sort of acting as like a supervisor, sort of a communicator, mm-hmm. but they are not helping the team. They're not 
they don't know how to art direct them. They don't mm. know how to communicate those concepts correctly. Um, and so that can become like a real barrier mm-hmm. to the designers creating their very best work and to being their most confident selves. Mm-hmm. Um, so another another thing is that a design director, a creative director, art director um, can really understand and know how to use and grow the strengths of each designer. Mm. So they can look at this girl and say, "She, man, she is a she has like a really great eye for photography. Um, maybe, maybe although she's a designer, we can also let her try out some maybe designs or just try out doing some photographs and you know using them for social media. Maybe that's actually where she might be better suited. What if um, this guy is a great illustrator?" But maybe that's not what he wants to do. Maybe he's better at, um, you know, graphic layout with photographs. Right. Um, and kind of figuring out, like, where they are best suited. And then when a project comes down the funnel from the boss person, it would come to the creative director. And the creative director would go, okay, who's suited best for this project? And maybe this is a project for all of us. Maybe That's good. maybe like this person does the illustration, but maybe they really suck at typography and layout. Mm-hmm. So maybe they do the illustration and then they hand it off to the layout person. And then it's a team effort and you're really utilizing everybody's strengths and everybody's feeling confident in their their project for that. And I will say that as someone who's kind of new to being actively involved in the creative world, mm-hmm. um, I did not realize that you didn't have to do every single thing. No. Um, I mean, I do because I do it by myself. But right, even right. then, if I needed some sort of illustration, I'm not going to do it. If you know something is beyond your strength mm-hmm. or something that you're just not willing to risk, yeah, you know that you got to hand it out. Right. Um, you have to delegate it to someone else. And that's something that I just didn't recognize within like I was like well I can't do this job because I can't do all of that Mm -hmm. like I can do that part but I can't do any of this but that's the whole point of a team I didn't recognize that that was something that I could delegate to someone else or I couldn't find I didn't like find my worth within that being a part of a team because I couldn't do it all right and that and that's that's like the really important thing and um is like understanding that you don't have to do it all and that's where that's where it can be a problem though without a leader without a creative team leader without a creative director specifically or art director specifically managing a team it does just tend to naturally evolve into i'm giving you this project and you have to do all of the things on this project because i gave it to you Mm -hmm. because there's not necessarily an understanding of the per like the person handing that to that person doesn't necessarily have a, a full understanding of that person's complete skill set. Mm-hmm. They don't maybe have an understanding of what it actually takes to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So they might have this idea, this this concept that came from like the boss on high, and that person goes, "Okay, we want this done. Here you go, designer." make that happen Mm -hmm. not really understanding because it's not their background it's not their training it's not what they do what all is actually involved Mm -hmm. in that poster or website or whatever that should be something we talk about (laughs) um (laughs) so let's write it down okay writing it down (laughs) um what am i I writing down just that what goes (laughs) um why don't we talk about it next episode (laughs) okay (laughs) does you know when to you know Hand off something. Okay. Recognize that something is beyond your strength. Um, but I think that rec- that realization is revolutionary. And I think that if people, it, when people hear this, they're going to feel like a whole weight is taken off of their shoulders. Um, because it's kind of like, okay, the boss gave your, your direct over, your direct overseer, your direct report, wow, direct report just gave this to you. Um, and it came from someone else. And now you're kind of the director of your, of, own, of your thing, own thing. And that's too much. Yeah. And so um, I think once you recognize that, you can ask for help. Otherwise, you're just not going to. Right. Um, so the other thing that is really beneficial to having 
an art or creative director is the fact that they have been trained like mm-hmm. they know something they know. they know all the principles all the designs all the programs you use all of the strategies all of the things that gives them the ability to critique the designs you do correctly and to give you guidance on how to change it mm-hmm. because what happens if you don't have that that director there to help you with that process that kind of troubleshooting part of the process is it goes straight from the designer to the end point up on high and they go I don't like it and then you have to redo but the I don't know thing. why yeah and then it comes back to you and you have no like, idea I don't know what to do <laughs> it's like okay so all honestly all of this comes back to another point um is process so if you don't have that process in place if you don't have a design director or a creative director they're you're probably losing something in the process as far as the concept. Mm-hmm. And so it's going back and forth between you and the person that wants the design. And they don't really know what they want, but they'll, quote, know it when they see it, which really oh sucks. My gosh. Because no, they won't. That sounds like a nightmare. It is a nightmare. It's always a nightmare. And then it's Clients like... Clients from hell. I, <laughs> it's just it's just phrases from hell. It's like, can you make the logo bigger? Phrases like, from hell. Yeah, that should be like a series you do <laughs> of graphic designs. Um, phrases from hell. And then it's just like really pretty. It looks beautiful. Like Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Ideas. Ideas. Um... So it's basically like, okay, so then you're just wasting everybody's time. So the person up there that doesn't really know what they want is coming down to the designer who is trying their darndest to like make something happen. Basically, like the designer's trying their hardest, but they can't, they, if they don't have a concept, if they don't have someone like a person like I would be checking in on, okay well, what's your concept? That's why it's not working Mm because you're not doing this, that, and the other thing. Mm -hmm. What's our goal? Well, that's why it's not working. And I would not let that design go past me to on high until it met these criteria. Mm -hmm. Then you have a a less likely chance of that thing bouncing back and forth like a rubber ball. Mm -hmm. It's it's more than taking the, like you don't have to take the grenade because there wasn't a grenade thrown. Right. And then if there is, I've I've been involved in this process to a point where I understand what the designer's trying to do. Mm-hmm. I understand the message. So don't get me wrong, like an art director or a creative director are not micromanagers. Like you're not there standing over the designer p- nitpicking every little thing. Um, you know, you could be you could be a an independent creative director like me and come in to a situation where you just have like come in now and then you and check the in knowledge. on projects, mm-hmm. make sure things are going right because you're not you don't need to be there every step of every little process Mm -hmm. it's like which for some people is hard so maybe that obviously that position is not for everyone right but for those who um are creative directors or art directors they know what it takes they know um they have the knowledge of what these people can do so they find strengths Mm -hmm. but also they know what the uppers want and need and so they can look at the people that are that they've delegated these things to and say no that's not going to fly and here's why right and and here let's let's brainstorm let's talk about this right. and figure it out and the another job of the art director and creative director especially in an in-house um, and like i said these things are a little different in a in a agency because all these areas are way more well defined mm-hmm. like the client will never talk to the designer the client talks to their their pers- their representative, the representative talks to the art director and the art director talks to the designer. The art director delegates. Yeah. So whereas in a in an in-house situation, you could very well have like the main boss just walk in and say, I want something. Um, and in that case, there's a, there's a really big case for the art director because then they can be the person, the point person always for that boss or that manager or whoever it is to come and say hey I want something can we talk about this and then uh, especially as a creative director you get to do all that dissecting first initial like ideating with them Mm -hmm. then do the really deep concepting with the team Mm -hmm. and so the I you have the general idea you want what like what is it that you want with this event poster Take it to the team. Okay, team, here's here's the words. Let's start our word map or whatever. Let's concept. Let's get a direction. Mm-hmm. And then you can start going from there. Yeah. Whew. 
I'm like, I'm not done. No, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, there's more to this. Do you have any, like, insight? No, it, any questions? No, not yet. It's, I don't know that there will be a yet. I'm, okay. It, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, I think it's really helpful. I, I see this and how helpful this would be because we have some of this within my workspace. Um, we ha- and I know that there are plans for there to be more um, with where, where I work. Um, and I see the benefits of it and how sm- it's you want the goal of any workplace is to be a well-oiled mm-hmm. machine. Efficient. And that is something that we're working towards. Mm-hmm. Not that we're not we're, we're not quite there, but I feel like I've this I've said this before. And I think I've even said it here um, that I feel like this is I work in a really healthy atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But the idea of all the things you're saying being implemented and it becoming even healthier is just like, yes, please. <laughs> this is glorious. And um, I've realized what I've said earlier before that you don't have to you don't have to know everything to be a part of a team. Like you don't have to like, you know, mm-hmm. be the best at everything. But just it being reiterated right now is just so freeing. I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm so glad that <laughs> that could encourage you. Um, you mentioned like that it's, you know, it's it's possibly going to become a thing. I think that a lot of times um, in-house companies, in-house design teams, um, the people that do the hiring often feel like I get the impression that um, because I've talked I've talked to to other people about this idea and the need for you know this kind of thing in in in-house design teams Um, I talked to a bunch of people that are doing the in-house initiative at AIGA and um, we kind of came to this conclusion that I think a lot of in-house agencies will call them because I mean essentially you are an in-house design firm like Mm -hmm. it's just inside and it's all within the brand um is that it's an extravagance to have a director because it's like well we already have an admin or we already have like they don't a manager see the need like why do we need another manager under the manager like i don't understand She's like trust me <laughs> because you know they it's and it's because they don't understand maybe they've never experienced what a real art director does maybe they've maybe they don't even think maybe it's like oh well i manage the team i make sure like they get their days off. Mm-hmm. I make sure that these designs go to the boss. Make sure that we're not falling behind. Like, but what's the problem? Like, what is an art director going to do that I'm not do- already doing? And it's like almost like they see it as a redundancy. Mm-hmm. And so, honestly, on the AIGA side, that's like, um, I've talked with them a few times. They wanted to have me talk to some people because I kind of developed an in-house team, um, basically about how to educate like managers and admins on like the importance of this particular creative manager mm-hmm. um, on a design side because it's not doing it's not the same skill set mm-hmm. it's just completely different skills and it goes back to what we talked about in the beginning of how we now as design speaks podcast have a team yeah. where Joelle is coming on as writing um, notes show notes what are they transcriptions that's yeah. the word, transcription um, and show notes and show notes but because we've added her there will be a waterfall effect and other opportunities because she's freed up so much of our time and honestly taken a huge burden off mm-hmm. of our shoulders because we want to provide show notes but we just don't have the time right and it, like at minimum it's like here's the links to the things we talked about yeah and that's like all we have the energy so adding to do adding to a team in a way that benefits the team provides the waterfall effect right so um, I think those would probably be like the main ones. Like I said, I could talk for a long time. There's lots of like, well, what about this or what about that? Um, I mean, there are there are instances where there's been creative, um, you know, creative leaders, art directors, design directors, creative directors for a team that didn't do the job right mm-hmm. and gave management the wrong idea about like what an art director does. And so maybe they have like a bad taste in their mouth about like how that works or maybe when that person you know left they put someone in charge who maybe was not it was even worse at it or um there's just so many like there's just so many things that can go into it but ultimately it's like the the core things are like they are an advocate they like they are they are the communicator and the representative Mm -hmm. they're good for 
like guidance and critique Mm -hmm. and um, help kind of keep a process in place to make sure that everybody is using their skills and presenting their ideas in the very best way. I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm really glad we got to talk about this. We yeah. talk about this a lot off air. Yeah. Just in general terms. Yeah. But And this conversation could honestly go on for a few more hours, but we won't do that to you today. No, especially <laughs> not since this is trying to go out. Today. Today. I'm not going to be able to listen to this whole thing. <laughs> We're just going to, this is going to be a wing it, We're going to wing it and it's, yeah. it's going to be great. So I'm confident in um, this. <laughs> we have a listener that... Um, Gave us a good review on iTunes. Yeah. Still, we have like three more. So keep them coming, you guys. Yes, we love that. If you'd like to give us a review or say hello or anything, um, you can hit us up on iTunes, Design Speaks, um, rate and review us, tell your friends, share it as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Can you you rate it on Spotify? Because our podcast is up on Spotify now. I don't know. I've never tried. I don't know. But it's there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this one is five stars. So far, we have all five stars. Thanks, guys. I'm like, man, you guys are so good. Um, Trav the Fox. Um, I've been listening for almost a week now. As a designer, it's hard to find a podcast that I enjoy and learn from. I love how they bring pop culture into the mix and talk about different forms of media. It has really helped me stay geared up and inspired throughout the day. Totally rad. Yeah. Thanks, Trav the Fox. I believe it. Um, <laughs> your Instagram. Your you handle. That, oh, okay. Trav the Fox. You believe that he's, he's a fox. He's a fox. Maybe a person, like an actual like, fox. Like he's one of those people that wears tails. Um, yeah, I could. Or maybe <laughs> I was, I kind of just imagining like a claymation, like fantastic Mr. Fox type oh, of looking guy. Oh, even better. Yeah. Even so, better. Trav the Fox. Like Thank it. you. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at Brandy C. Go ahead and spell your name for I them. already spelled it once. Here? Today? I, well, I guess I didn't spell. I said at Brandy C. B-R-A-N-D-I-S-E-A. Um, you can also email us if you want, if that's just how you do. Um, Brandy at BrandyC.com. And, and if you guys get any value, please keep sending us those reviews and sharing with your friends. Thank you so much. Thanks to Vespertine as well for letting us use his song Shatter in the Night as the intro and outro to Design Speaks.